You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and today I have the pleasure of welcoming two guests in the, in the podcast, Megan Heinz, Director of Revenue Operation of Main Sale Partners, and Mark Kelly, CEO of New Age Growth. How are you both gay doing today? Wonderful. Thank you Very so much well. for having me. Yeah, yeah having me. pleasure, pleasure. Uh, so today we will be speaking about the importance of revenue operations. Uh, but before we get started, can you guys give a quick introduction to who you are, who you work for? And I think we should start with ladies first. So Megan, do you want to get us going? Yes, thank you. Um, I'm Megan Hines, and I've been working in SaaS or software as a service businesses for the majority of my career um, in varying operations roles. And now with Mainsail Partners, um, I really have the pleasure to work alongside our portfolio companies to help scale their organizations. So Mainsail is a growth equity firm, and we focus on B2B software solutions in specific verticals. Very, very good. Well, thank you very much for that, Megan. Mark, over to you. Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me. Uh, my entire career has been in the uh, B2B space and I've held probably every position under the sun related to product or marketing or sales. Um, most recently I've held titles uh, as chief marketing officer, chief revenue officer, uh, one of which uh, was with a main sale portfolio company. And about six years ago, I founded uh, New Edge Growth and we are focused on helping marketing and sales leaders, uh, revenue leaders, really help them grow and, and define their process and their revenue engine. And so we focus on that from a standpoint of uh, what we call the sport of growth. So strategy, process, operations, repeatability, and results, and then technology, finally. Of course. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for, for that, guys. That, that's wonderful. And, and thanks for participating today in the, in the episode. So let's get going. Revenue operations. So it's a bit of a buzzword. Um, I've got to be honest with you in the preparation of the podcast. And as we got going, I'm like, is revenue operation the same as sales operation? Is it operation operation? What? How do two worlds are getting together and creating that new title? That I see growing everywhere. I see a lot of revenue operation people uh, coming out of the woodwork. So. Let's start with what it means from your perspective, Guy, and maybe, Megan, you want to get us going. But, you know, I guess my main question for you is, what's the definition of revenue operation? How does that, how is it different from sales operation? Yeah, great question. Um, I'll start by saying that just like sales operations, revenue operations or rev ops, as sometimes it's referred to, um, really exists to drive the efficiencies and best practices to the growth engine of scaling businesses. So there's really no difference there. But because revenue growth in today's world cannot be limited to just sales, we really need a model for aligning every go-to-market team and your strategy for that customer growth. So revenue operations is really the set of the steps, processes, and tools that are industry-tested and intended to grow with the business in that way. Okay. So, so who, who else apart from sales? Who are the other functions? Will it be customer success? Because that, that's also another title that is coming up a lot, customer success. So the people who are kind of taking the clients on the journey as a customer. So is that, is that the only player that will come as a function in RevOps or, or do you see any other function joining in? Multiple different functions. So every go-to-market team, um, it's really your marketing, your sales, your product, 
your customer success, everybody that's customer facing, everybody that has a part in the customer journey. Good. All right. Thanks for that, Megan. And, and Mark, from your perspective, revenue ups or rev ups versus yeah. sales ups, what, 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 what do you see the, the, the main differences, if you see any? Yeah, there's definitely a difference. And I think Megan nailed it, right? It is 15 years ago, revenue or sorry, sales ops was what was, you know, the, the term that was being used. And probably about three or four years ago, revenue ops started taking a, a greater role. And, and Megan nailed it, right? It, is, uh, it, is, it spans the entire process of the customer journey, right? From the time that they are doing research to try and figure out how do I fix this problem I have through the entire sales engagement to post-sales and that onboarding and customer experience, right? That entire, that entire chain is what defines revenue operations. And it's really coordinating the playbook across the entire company to enable that to happen. Okay. So, so staying with you, Mark, who would you say should be, well, I, I think you, you went through the different teams that should be aligned with, with, mm-hmm. with RevOps, but who is adding up RevOps in that, in that, uh, in, in that, uh, in that context? Yeah, so it's a good question, right? If, if you have a, um, if you have a chief revenue officer, you know, that, that, that probably rolls up to that person, but um, it, it does, it needs to be somebody who does have visibility across all the different functions, right? It is, and it's anybody who has a direct touch point with the end customer, right? So those are the folks who are involved in this revenue operations. Now, do they participate and do the RevOps function? No, but the RevOps person, the person who's in charge or the team who's in charge of it needs to have access so they can measure no different than let's say if you were uh, uh, to use an, an F1 analogy, right? If you're an F1 team, you have multiple engineers who are working on different parts of the car and of the race, right? Each one has a role to ensure that the outcome is that you place as high as you can and get points, right? In this case, it is we are trying to generate revenue. So how do we coordinate everybody to make sure that we're all operating as efficiently as possible? Okay. So that, that's really a CRO type of responsibility in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. In my eyes, yeah. Uh, let's talk about measurement, guys, because there is, again, the, the function is so broad. So you've got the onboarding of the customer. You've got you know, winning the customers, onboarding the customer, keeping the customers. So I guess w- one of the one of the, 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 the measure of success will be the ongoing revenue and, 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 and the, the monthly recurring revenue just adding up. But do you see any KPIs or, or OKR that could be broken down? Or do you, have you seen any specific methodology of, of companies uh, driving their RevOps team uh, with, 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 with specific targets or specific KPIs that worked well? Yeah, just like you said, I think it has to be tied to the revenue. Um, And in that sense, there's a lot of KPIs within that we can measure. But both gross revenue, uh, net revenue retention is a great one or NRR as it's referred to, because then you're really measuring both aspects of um, the revenue maintained as well as the new growth within. And to be able to view that over time is a great measure of your uh, revenue operations role. You know, one, one layer on top of that, that I have really been a, put a focus on with a lot of my clients is around velocity. And so often we focus around sales velocity and that's important, right? Because you can measure each of the stages and how well you're converting through the stages. 
but I also try to help them imagine uh, a, a velocity measurements uh, around the marketing side, so the demand gen side, as well as even velocity as it relates to customers, customer lifetime value, uh, to enable them to start thinking about what is the revenue impact of everything that we're doing. So it's it's important to kind of, and it's, it becomes a shared measurement at that point, right? And that that shared measurement then allows you to get out of silos as it think as you think about different functions and allows you to work across the team. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, Mark. Um, and, and Mark, I just wanted to pick something from your your introduction, which the last part that you brought in was technology, which which mm-hmm. I like because often people start with tech stack first. What's your tech stack? And then we we try to find out the blueprint that fit right. the tech stack. So tech, kind of taking it the other way around, calling the architect when the the, the house is already built. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, from a technology perspective, you know, I'm expecting something like Salesforce.com to be quiet all over the, the journey, if you will. Mm-hmm. Do you have any specific new startup vendors, people that are helping or who are really involved in the RevOps or, or solution that you've seen helping uh, RevOps professional, either streamlining some of the processes uh, or, 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 as you mentioned, increasing the velocity? Yeah, the so... Are you asking, is there anybody, uh, any new vendors out there? Are you asking just like how I approach it with clients? Kind of both, actually. I mean, I'd like okay. to know if there is any new technology that have, have not been, uh, uh, are still a little bit uh, under under the radar. But, and, and also, I'd love to, to understand how you, you approach it with clients. Yeah. So I'll tell you, um, if you if you spend any time looking at the marketing stack, right? Um, Scott Brinker has his technology landscape, his Martech technology landscape, which has over eight thousand companies in it. It is daunting, right? And part of the challenge, I think, with companies is that they they have a problem, they know they can fix it, and they typically will find the first solution that fixes that problem. And they struggle with the holistic view of really what they're trying to accomplish, right? So. The, the challenge I think many people have or the way we get engaged with most clients is they'll come to us and it's typically with a Salesforce technology problem, right? I have Salesforce. It doesn't work. Well, it doesn't typically doesn't work because you've not, you don't know what your processes are. You don't know what you're trying to automate or what you're trying to streamline or what you're trying to optimize. And so consequently, nothing gets done. If you, you have a Ferrari sitting in your garage that you drive to the mailbox, right? <laughs> it's, you're not using it as intended, right? That thing needs to, I think needs to go. And so, um, so technologies that uh, I think are flying under the radar, I, I, it's tough because there are a lot of technologies that do really good things really in a very narrow, but very deep way, right? Um, we have a project my partner and I are working on right now that we're wrapping up this week with a, a pretty good sized bank here in, in the US that uh, has done an incredible job of using technology, but they've also, that's also been their, their Achilles heel. They've spent so much time acquiring technology that they have all of these, you know, islands of, of experience and, and technology excellence, but it's not coordinated. It overlaps. It is not fully being realized. And so they're trying to rationalize everything they have and see, are there technologies that can, that can do what we're already paying for? And so I, I think that's the biggest challenge, right? And, and for, for companies, I, I, if I had to give them any advice is you need to slow down before you go fast. So yeah. take, take the time to slow down, analyze everything you're doing, realize what you're trying to optimize and then make your moves. Don't buy the technology first because it, it slows you down. 
I didn't really answer your question directly, but uh, no, I like it. I, I like it because in a way you, you, you kind of answer the, the, yeah, that, that question kind of came live in my mind. And, and it's because I just come out of a few calls uh, this afternoon with people asking me for a tech stack, tech stack, that's tech stack, what you're using, what's new. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, to your point, people acquire technology. People have garages full of Ferraris, but they don't really use any of them. Right. And, 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 and when they use them, they can create silos. So you may have a team being very, very good at using their own little technology and they're really exploiting that best of bread stuff for their part. But then it's not really communicating with the rest of, mm -hmm. the, of, the, of the system. So it's quite an interesting topic. And I'll take it just one step further and I'll let it die is um, people, uh, companies and clients of mine, I've got one right now, who will acquire a duplicate technology just because it has one feature the other one doesn't. So the enterprise has a technology that they have standardized across the company, but this team has decided because it doesn't have this one feature, we're going to acquire an exact duplicate of another technology to do it for them. Just use a feature. Yeah, versus just working, just doing a workaround, right? It's creating complexity for your IT departments, creating complexity for your team as it relates to other departments. And it's not, I don't think that, as I say, the juice is worth the squeeze. Yeah, I would agree with you. Megan, um, I just would like to, to, to ask you if you've seen any common mistakes when companies are implementing RevOps role or team together in your portfolio. What, what would be the common mistake that you, you usually see? Yeah, I would say um, a lot of growing pains. As, as you mentioned, this is a newer role. Um, I believe some companies are seeing that trend and they're just really making a change in title with their existing team. But as an organization, I don't think you can just change the title of that existing ops role or team and expect all of the details to work itself out in a way that really has a foundational impact towards that less siloed approach that we were talking about. So in my opinion, it, it really needs to be a conscious consensual change in how the entire organization is operating to be successful, as opposed to just focusing on what the title is. Makes perfect sense, Megan. What, what about you, Mark? Do you have anything to, to, to add on what Meg just said? Yeah, I, I, I'm with Megan. I, you know, a lot of companies have just changed the title, right? And makes, make it sound bigger. Um, I think for that to be effective, though, um, the team, you need to have experience across the organization that you're trying to support. So where value is created, right, is somebody who has sold before. And now they're in a revenue operations role. They've done marketing before. And now they're in a revenue operations role. They've done customer and client success. Now they're in a revenue operations role. Having that, that, that on the job experience will bring so much more to the function itself, right? And then really, truly having people who are spirited and, and, and really passionate about analytics and processes and have that kind of engineering mind to how it works, I think those are the components that really I've seen enable a team to be most effective with revenue ops. Yeah. You, you kind of, uh, it's great. You, you kind of read my mind and responded to my next question, which is, let's say, let's have a CEO or, or a CRO or CMO. I'm listening to the episode today because, you know, I was doing some research, revenue operations. What does that mean? All the people in the Bay Area, in Boston, all the startups that I know are, are, are recruiting for those roles. I kind of feel that I need one. <laughs> I don't really know what it is, but I also need to recruit that individual. And, and I think you gave some good kind of 
uh, nuggets of information as to what that person should have in their profile. Uh, from you, Megan, if I, if I was to start and say, okay, I want to find the right person, I want to write a job spec, or I want to ask the right question, from your perspective, what, what should I be looking for in that individual that can pretty much kind of glue all the functions together? Yeah, um, I would say in terms of personality traits, curiosity is a big one because that's really how you start to understand and divulge and peel back all the layers within your processes and tech stack to really see, okay, what is the heart of the problem? I may be getting as an operations role, all of these potential projects thrown at me, but I really need to be curious, dig in, understand what is the baseline issue that I'm trying to solve and how do I solve it across multiple different departments at the same time, not just taking one siloed approach. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I love that, Megan. I think uh, I love that word curiosity because I, the, the word I often use is critical thinking, but curiosity to me, it, it kind of works even better because it's always asking why, right? Why is this working well? And why is it broken, right? And then leveraging your problem solving skills to fix it or to enable it to repeat, right? If it's working well, re- you want to repeat that and, and, and make it more efficient. If it's not working, then how do we fix it and improve it? Um, so I love that. I love that word. Yeah. And last question, guys, really for me, for me today is uh, stage of companies. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm a CEO. All my friends are doing it. Uh, they have the SpreadOps people coming, coming out of everywhere. How do I know if my company need that individual, right? Because if I'm a startup, I started yesterday. I may want to have one because, you know, I got lots of investment and it's cool to have one. Uh, that's probably not the way people are thinking. Sorry. But it's, it's, it's probably something that I would think about getting at some points, but what's the, what's the inflation point where you've got to start thinking about RevOps and, and what, what's the journey before RevOps? So if you don't have it, how would you see the journey to deal with the issue that RevOps is dealing with? When would you implement RevOps? Is it number of customers? Is it, is it, is it, is it uh, when you're seeking more investment? Is it when you become public? Is there, is there no rule of thumb? What are your thoughts on that? It's a wide open question, Gay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, Mark, I'll take it first if you don't mind. But Absolutely. I love this question because it's, it's one we often get and one that companies start to think about a little bit later on in their growth journey. But I like to say that there's no barrier to entry for revenue operations. And similar to... Um, if you're thirsty, you probably should have drank water like 30 minutes ago. You know, so if you're asking yourself the question, when do I need RevOps? You, you probably already needed it. It's something that, um, like we said, is intended to truly implement and grow and scale with your business. Um, and like Mark was touching on, it's, it, you can really help resolve some of those problems before their problems in your tech stack or any of your processes, if you're having somebody or a team that's truly focused on it in the beginning. So I, I love that question. It's one we always get. And one that I always say like now is the right time, no matter where your business is right now. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, I think you're right. The, the there when you're starting out, right, it's difficult to justify expenditures onto a headcount or a person to do this solely, right? Um, so maybe in the initial early days of a startup, you might have uh, your CFO who can be that kind of minded person, right? That, that ops minded person or your COO even who can help 
just coordinate and organize and manage the, the KPIs that are necessary to be effective. But as you start to get salespeople, and as you start to get layers in your business, right, and you start to have your hands in multiple pots, it becomes more necessary to have somebody who is your right-hand person, who is your extension of you, who can help make sure that the machine is operating correctly, right? Whether you're, if you're starting to get into comp plan design, you're starting to get into the, you know, the effectiveness of your sales funnel, you're starting to get into um, your onboarding and your lifetime value and all these different functions that start to become more repeatable and more scaled, then you probably need a person at that point or a team at that point, um, depending on where you are. So to answer your question, I think it is a little bit based on where you are in your growth, your life cycle, but it might also be based on revenue. So if you're getting to like a, a $2 million ARR, $3 million, $5 million ARR, you're probably going to need a person at that point dedicated to it. Um, once you get to 10 to you know 15 million, you might need to get multiple people and then just scale up from there. You'll you'll start to realize it because it gets more complex, right? The systems become more complex. The sales process becomes more complex. The comp becomes more complex. Uh, and so you'll, you'll start to realize when your, when your team starts raising their hands and says, I'm done, <laughs> you know, it's, it's time to add people. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll add to that. Um, Ray, I think your last question was, what do you do if you don't have somebody in that role? Um, and one of the places I like to tell people to really start is focusing on your customer journey. And that's where you're getting all of your leaders from your go-to-market teams that we mentioned before involved, really evaluating all of the different handoffs, all of the different communication and potential um, places where your customers could fall out and churn or places where you're missing on that opportunity to accelerate growth with any of those customers. So um, I think that is, if you, if you don't have someone dedicated in that role, I think it's a great place to start to understand um, your revenue operations journey. Okay. I actually have one more question there. It just came from what you just said, again. I'm so sorry. We're going to run out of time. Um, I, I, we are currently thinking as a business about building up what we, what we I guess we will call a, a, a customer uh, advisory board, so getting our customers to 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 come and you know not help us. I think we've got quite a good clue about what we want to do, but we we always want to better our services or to think about things that we may not be doing or seeing in the market. Is that a rev ops role? Should, should it be someone in in revenue ops that, that that would get that completely and saying, well, okay, I'm gonna glue all the things internally. I'm gonna get all the function internally to have that 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 great level of communication and make sure that the customer journey is fantastic and streamlined for for the customer. But is there also an external role of of creating that community of customers, getting them to speak, getting them to exchange, and in fact, I think that's a sort of a a, a very honest feedback from the RC's mouse. I have an opinion. I can go first on this one, Megan. <laughs> go ahead, Mike. I, I, do, I do not think this is revenue ops. So th this is your, this is your um, customer experience, customer success, you know, VP, whoever owns the customer, right? Whoever right. owns that, that, that experience owns the customer advisory board. And, and actually probably in concert with your CMO, right? Those two probably need to work together because the feedback you're going to get there is going to influence how you go to market and try to generate uh, more interest, right? Now, however, your revenue ops person definitely has a seat at that table and is very interested in how things in the, in the feedback that the customers are giving because it influences potentially where you can find opportunity to improve the process. Mm -hmm. But the ownership of that is with your, your, your VP of customer success or client success, in my opinion. Yeah. 
I love that answer. And um, Mark, I love that you put the CMO or the marketing team in there because that's really where you start to move away from this single flow funnel approach and really start to get into that flywheel with your customers to help them circle back with marketing and really help accelerate that growth. Yeah. Well, I took a note of that. Just make sure that I uh, <laughs> implement that internally. So thank you so much, Gay, for, for, for sharing all your insight today uh, with our audience. It was, was really good. Um, one of the questions that we ask at the end of uh, each episode that we record is, how do we get in touch with you? So if someone wants to carry on the conversation with you, Meg, and, and or, or speak about main sale partners and what you could do for their business, and with you, Mark, if someone wants to you know, get you involved for a bit of consultancy and potentially supporting them in gluing all those functions together so they can, they can get their RevOps boat out of the, 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 the you know, up, up to the sea. What's the best way to, to get in touch with you guys? Yeah, um, I'd love to continue the conversation. The best way to get in touch with me is LinkedIn. Again, Megan Hines, or you can follow Main Sale Partners for some additional B2B content. And, and for me, again, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm at Mark Kelly. So just a Mark, M-A-R-K-K-E-L-L-Y. And then uh, you can find us online at newedgegrowth.com. Right. Well, thank you so much once again, guys. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank, Thank you. you. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.